Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning and welcome back to Rosie on the House. We come to the station every single Saturday morning to run this program for you, the Arizona homeowner, so we can provide you uh, the local answers to Arizona homeownership, which actually, in a lot of ways, is very, very unique as compared to other places in the country. Every geographic location has some peculiarities uh, about them, and Arizona certainly does. So we've been here building and remodeling uh, across the state of Arizona for 40 plus years. And no matter where you are in Arizona, if you can hear our broadcast, we broadcast pretty well statewide, uh, you can give us a ring and we'll see what we can't do about putting all that building and remodeling experience to work to help you get the answer you're looking for. And the other way we reach out and try and provide answers is by a, a weekly newsletter. And our website, rosieonthehouse.com. You know, we've been doing this radio broadcast for over 30 years, 32 years. And it occurred to me about one or two years into the broadcast, Rosie, you ought to write a book about the 100 most asked questions about Arizona homeownership. And so I started that book and I started keeping track of all the questions I was asked. And I thought, well, you don't have to write a book. There's Somebody invented the internet machine, and you can put a website up, and you can update it. You don't have to republish it or reprint it or, or issue corrections. You just go back into the internet machine, and you update the information with the most up-to-date information on that particular product. So our website, rosieonthehouse.com, has thousands of questions that we've been asked by Arizona homeowners that then we've done the appropriate research to get the right answer to. So that is my book, the website, rosieonthehouse.com. And it is essentially a free encyclopedia for any of you trying to get anything done in, about, or around your house, home, castle, or cabin. With it published, we then started getting calls from people. Okay, I got halfway through this project, or really the calls we got were, well, he got halfway through this project, and it's been sitting half done for a year and a half. Who can come finish it? So then we had to start referring out some of the subcontractors that we knew all across the state of Arizona. And that then became the number one most successful contractor referral network in the entire state of Arizona, and it's been that way for 13 years. So we work hard to keep the, the list clean. Last hour, we had one of our Rosie certified remodeling companies in to talk about trends in remodeling, TWD, Design, Build, and Remodel, and we have our certified partners in on a regular basis just to talk about the particulars of their specialty. This all gives you an education in Arizona homeownership. It's what we do. And this week in our newsletter, we talked about some steps you can take to hiring 
the right contractor. But before I get to that, Buzz has called in, apparently from the Tucson area, southern Arizona area, with a question. I don't want to have him holding too long. Let's see if we can get to him and see if I can help him out. I don't want to hold him too long either because this uh, you want to get to this quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. a, a, an important question. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Buzz. How can we help you, my friend? <laughs> uh, good morning, Rosie. Yeah. Uh, I have just recently bought a new used house with a septic tank, and I have never owned a septic tank before. Okay. Um, I'm a little... I'm, I'm kind of careful what I put down. I rinse my paintbrushes outside. Okay. All right. I, used okay. to be, I just rinse them in the sink. But, okay. But my main question is, what do you think about these monthly treatments that I've seen advertised to uh, keep your septic tank healthy? Well, um, I'll, I'll, I will tell you that um, in, in the part of town we do a lot of work in, um, there are a lot of septic systems, and we deal with a lot of septic systems in the rural work that we do. And the one thing, Buzz, that we've been recommending for 20 years is a product called BioClean. And it's simply a granular product. You put down your drains on a, on a regular basis, weekly, monthly. It's very affordable. It can be kind of hard to find, but again, that internet machine I was talking about, you can Google it, BioClean, and order it and get it delivered to the house. It's very cost-effective. It's actually live enzymes that eats away the protein that tends to line your waste lines over time, thereby keeping your lines um, free from obstructions. And uh, that alone... Um, now, how big a house do you have, Buzz? Uh, it's a 2,400-square-foot. And that's a three-bathroom or two-and-a-half-bathroom? Yes, is I believe it was a 1,500-gallon okay. tank, and it was all inspected before and cleaned yeah. before I took possession. And how many people live in the home, Buzz? Uh, just two, my wife and I. And how old is that septic tank? It is... I'm. Let me see. Fourteen years. Okay, well, two people living on a fifteen hundred gallon septic tank ought to get uh, an easy twenty more years use out of that system and that septic. Uh, be careful. There's actually articles on my website about what to and what not to flush down. Do not flush uh, ear swabs. Do not flush Kleenexes. Uh, do not flush paper towels. Uh, toilet paper only. Uh, and you're going to get a lot of use, and that's going to be – they really work very, very well, and I really appreciate you taking the show down the toilet this morning for all the listeners. <laughs> oh, anytime. That's why, okay, well, I thank you very much. That's why I said this was an important question. Yeah, that is an important <laughs> question. It is. It not, there's nothing more important than a properly working septic system, that's so, for sure. My curiosity, what is a septic tank made of? What type Con of concrete? Concrete, no metal? It, it's a well, there's rebar in it, but it's cast concrete tank that's buried in the ground that has an inlet up high. Uh, it fills with solids and liquids. Uh, the solids decompose uh, and eventually what if, if you're if it's managed right, your your septic tank really is about ninety percent liquids and only about 10% solids. 
and then it fills up and you have an exit port where those liquids then are dispersed or distributed into the soil through what used to be a leach field. Now we generally put them into a leach pit. Those septic tanks, uh, two people on a 1,500-gallon septic tank, you could probably put that on a cleaning regime of every five to seven years, and you would probably be just fine. Uh, at my house, uh, there were eight occupants of the house. It was a 2,500-gallon septic tank. And when you've got five teenagers, you never just have five teenagers. You've got seven of their friends. So that little house and that 2,500-gallon tank did incredibly successful business for, and, and we got to where we cleaned it about every five years, and it is a 60-year-old system. Now, we have had to put in one new leach pit uh, about 20 years ago, but other than that, it's... It, 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 the, the people that have problems with septic tanks are the ones that are flushing non-biodegradable products down the toilet. Uh, uh, wipes that say they're, de they're, they're decomposable are not decomposable. The water treatment companies hate those flushable wipes. Hate them. Uh, Kleenex. If, if you'll just do this one thing on your kitchen countertop, Put a piece of toilet paper, put a piece of paper towel, and put a Kleenex. And put a tablespoon of water on each one of those and let it sit for 30 seconds. And then pick them up. You'll see why toilet paper is the only thing that should be flushed down the toilet. Kleenex, Kleenex will not decompose with water. And paper towels are made not to decompose with water. All of those along with those Q-tips uh, are and the, and the non-biodegradable flushes, wipes, uh, are plumbers' best friends because they're invariably the things that cause you to have to call a plumber to come out and roto-root your system. And people tell me, I've been flushing those things down the toilet for 30 years and never had a problem. I said, well, I, I can... I can I can put a line of plumbers at your front door that'll go all the way around the block that will tell you the thing they have to clean out more often than not from waistlines are flushable wipes, Q-tips, and Kleenexes. Now, um, when it can comes we, to BioClean... Can we get above the grade? Yeah. Can, can, we, can we... Actually, <laughs> let's just stay below just a little bit. Would okay. BioClean work for your sewer pipes at home? Uh, to some to some degree, it certainly will. Yes, it certainly will. It will help clean. Uh, like I say, it is a it is an enzyme product that eats the proteins off the inside of your waistline. So it it promotes a nice clean system. Okay, no more stink. Now we can breathe the air. Um, let uh, <laughs> Let's go to a commercial and come back on enough for a different topic. <laughs> what we are here at Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's handyman here for free advice and free information based on our 40 plus years of building and remodeling in Arizona. Uh, we have a caller on hold. Let's take them and then we'll get back to the 
uh, conversation about hiring a reputable contractor. I believe this is Tom, and I believe uh, or Mary Lou. I'm sorry, Mary Lou. How can we help you this morning? Hi, I heard you mention um, leaching pit. Uh, we have a leaching field. I just wondered what the difference is. Okay, you know that's that's the problem with one one when the first phone call comes in about a septic system, then all the phone calls that hour come up. in about mm-hmm. septic systems. Mary Lou. Uh, a septic field is what we installed up until about, oh, the late 70s. And as we leave the septic tank, we would put it into some distribution pipes that would spread out over a large area uh, that were buried in the ground, parallel distribution lines. And that was the leach uh, field. Well, we converted that to a leach pit where we would drill a hole 40 feet deep, six feet in diameter, and send a perforated pipe down the center of that hole and then fill the hole with leach rocks. And it does exactly the same thing that the leach field did. It allows the liquids from your septic tank to leach naturally into the ground. And Mother Earth just happens to be the best water purifying device in the universe. So that's a safe place to put it. Uh, The pit or the field accomplish the same thing. One, the pit just takes up a lot less space. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. I appreciate all the information you give to us. Thank Uh, you very much. All right, Miss Mary Lou. Thank you for the call. Okay, I was going to start talking about hiring a contractor. Since we've been talking about septic systems for the last 20 minutes, I'm going to change the subject completely. Folks, it caught my attention that the friends of the Verde River are having the Verde Valley Birding Nature Festival, April 22nd through the 25th. There are 15-plus virtual Uh, seminars and classes that you can attend. You can actually make appointments. This is so great for the kids, a great excuse to get them outside. The presentation topics include Verde River Ecology and Biogeography, Birding Basics, just how to learn how to identify different birds. There's one on eating wild plants. Uh, There's one session on backyard birding in northern Arizona. So take a look at it. It's Friends of the Verde River. It's going on now this weekend. The great thing about it is they're going to archive these uh, sessions, these video sessions, and you'll be able to watch them anytime this week. If you've got kids at home or you want to be exposed to an absolutely beautiful part of Arizona, because you're not having septic problems, because your house is currently maintained, because you listen to the show on a regular basis, and you've got the time on your hands to spend a weekend enjoying the great state of Arizona, take a look at Friends of Verde River. It's verderiver.org. Take a look at it and look up their birding festival, which is going now, April 22nd through the 25th an absolutely great opportunity to expose you your family visitors or your kids to the great state of arizona 
All right. Now, with that said, we've kind of cleaned up the show a lot with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's go to our article of the week about hiring a reputable contractor. And, you know, in Arizona, we are given uh, an extra layer of protection that a lot of other states don't have. In the early 30s, the legislatures of Arizona began an agency called the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. And they determined to start testing people who wanted to be a contractor in the state of Arizona to verify they had some amount of experience in this particular trade. If you wanted to be a mason, you had to pass a written masonry test proving that you knew what rebar was and how often do you put duro wire and the difference between clay brick and a CMU. It also talked about basics of business, what needs to be in a contract, uh, what makes a contract legal. Uh, there were actually some estimating questions and some troubleshooting questions. And that was for every single trade. And the Registrar Contractors developed a, uh, a long list of different licenses you would need to complete work in Arizona. This adds an extremely valuable extra layer of protection to the Arizona consumer if you will just hire licensed contractors. And I can't tell you the number of phone calls we take at the office of people who want to complain to us about how they're being treated. And we ask them two questions. Is the contractor licensed? Well, I don't know. Are they Rosie certified? No, they're not. Well, if they're not Rosie certified and they're not licensed, there's nothing I can do for you. And there's nothing the register of contractors can do for you. You are left completely on your own. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to have our red book segment. Questions and inquiries we get all week long and then we'll wrap the show up finishing talking about how to pick the right contractor. All right. Before we keep going on here, do you guys mind if I jump in with the, some red binder questions for you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Gary, I always feel like this is Carol's chance for like a mince. We're going to mince a test dad. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> I haven't stumped you yet. Oh, man. It's like you're on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Fire away. Start easy and get hard. All right. Well, we have lots of <laughs> topics to cover today, and I can tell you for a fact that you always have a helpful answer for our homeowners. So okay. let's start off with Mr. Robert, who recently inherited a home that has some problems that he would like to fix himself. I have a picture here of a stucco wall with some cracks in it, and he's wondering what the best way is to repair this in most a cost-effective way um, to get this back to its former glory. Well, it certainly doesn't look like any structural cracking at all. We've got that horizontal crack down low by the ground. It's a moisture crack. Uh, Robert, what you'd want to do is uh, break off any of the stucco that continues to be loose, get it back down to the base coat, the brown coat, or the stem wall, whichever you could get down to where it's not peeling off anymore. 
Then you're going to get a small container of liquid concrete binder, bonder, uh, looks like, smells like, acts like, tastes like Elmer's glue. You roll that onto the area and you allow it to dry until it's just tacky. Then you get to the hardware store and you buy yourself a product called Custom Stone Repair. Uh, it's a powder. You mix with water. You trowel it on over the area that's cracked. And that's going to be your best repair possible. Once that dries, then you'll take a little elastomeric caulk, caulk in where the old joint and the new joint go. Use a textured elastomeric caulk. Uh, once I caulk it in with elastomeric textured caulk, I take a wet sponge and I just daub it so it kind of camouflages the crack real good. Let that dry and then paint and uh, that'll be about as good a do-it-yourself home repair as, as you'll be able to accomplish. It's, it's doable. Uh, with a little practice, you could almost make it invisible, but that takes a little practice. And now you took less than a 10-second peek at that photo. What makes you say it's not a structural issue? What tells you from that photo that it's not? Because it's so random and, and moving horizontally. Structurally, it's either going to be angling off of a, a window or following a stud or an inside or outside corner vertically. Wonderful. Well, I hope, Mr. Robert, that's helpful and you're able to get to the store this weekend and knock out that project. Um, I've got a, a fairly easy one, I think. I love it. Um, <laughs> the Miss Linda has a problem with the smell coming from the drains in her shower. She's tried every homemade concoction she can think of, but that smell is still just as persistent as ever. Any thoughts? Oh, boy, that could be, that could be really, really tough. Uh, I'm going to challenge Miss Linda as to is, does she really know it's coming from the shower? If it is... I'd like to know the age of the shower. There's a chance, given an older shower, the vinyl pan or the uh, uh, universal drain right there that takes the water from the tile floor into the drain, has deteriorated to the point where moisture is actually getting in underneath the tile floor. Uh, if the floor feels the least bit squishy underfoot, that's probably what's wrong. If, in fact, we can prove that the vinyl pan is still good, the water isn't leaking underneath the, the floor, and the odors are truly coming from the vent, from the drain, uh, then we're going to have to do a, a lot more digging because as soon as that drain goes underground, it goes into a P-trap. So that P-trap in a shower is always full. So no odor is coming back through the sewer system up out of that shower floor drain. Chances are it's more of a problem with the drain itself and the shower pan itself. Again, uh, uh, Robert sent a picture of the stucco crack. If Linda could send us a picture of that shower crack, I could take a look and guess the age of the unit, what the material is that's on the floor, and help her maybe just a little bit more. In terms of products, is there anything that you would suggest sticking down there initially as a do-it-yourselfer because she did say she'd made her own concoctions is there think you know there, there's things like Drano, BioClean or any of those things uh is any of those safe to put down there or would you sit straight away from that I, I would stay away from that it's draining isn't the problem so none of those products are going to eliminate the odor so uh let's find out where the odor is emanating from it's not sewer gas i can all but almost guarantee that it's something with the shower floor, shower drain. 
Another option is you can call Sweet Jen and ask her to stick her nose down yeah. there. She's yeah. got she's got the nose like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. very good at targeting smells, so you might want to call her and see if that's an option. She probably charges a fee, but Alrighty, so the next one I think is on the same level of easiness, and that's okay. the last one's going to be a little, the hardest, all right? Okay. All this right. next one is uh, Miss Kathy. She has a home built in 1985. She's in the process of changing her switch plate covers from cream to white. My pe- question is, can I paint the switch? I purchased all new switches in the color white, but was advised by someone that they did not think this was a good idea to change out every switch in the old house. My question is, is it okay to paint the actual switch without disconnecting it and turning off the electricity? What was her name? Kathy. Kathy. Miss Kathy, um, I would advise against what you were told. I would not uh, paint all the switches. I would, in fact, identify your circuits, make sure the power's turned off, and I would go ahead and replace all the switches. Painting the switches is going to lead to a long-term problem. You don't want any of the paint to get inside the junction box to cover any of the uh, uh, conductors or any parts of the switch. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to advise completely against what she's been told. Go ahead and don't just replace the cover plates. Replace the receptacles, the switches, and the devices with the white. All right. Hope now, that with that helps. said, I will tell you, um, in backsplashes where we have receptacles in a kitchen that are buried in stone and the homeowners want those to disappear, you can faux finish and you can paint them. But that's not something I would do to every single switch in the house. There's a big difference there. Okay. Alrighty, I'm going to start this next question off with a question for you, a trivia question. Of all the things that people are trying to tackle in their homes right now themselves, as a kind of a trend we've been seeing since quarantine hit, what do you think is the number one project that I've seen DIY questions on in people's own homes? That are coming into you at the mm-hmm. Info Rosie. Mm-hmm. The number one inquiry from the quarantined COVID chaos mess has to be... Hmm. Workspace? Oh, it's a cl- that's a good do guess. Create, how, where do I create a workspace? A getaway space? A quiet space? It's a good guess. Um, kind of on the same theme, uh, I guess you could call it your workspace. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. It's in the bathroom. How do I big a, put a bigger lock on the door? <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's actually, how do I convert my walk-in shower? Uh, so that's a big one that people have been trying to tackle themselves. Any any advice Ooh, for that one? Oh, boy. Sounds like a big deal. That's a significant do-it-yourself project. Uh, Because the next question I have to ask that homeowner is if you're going to convert your tub to a walk-in shower. If you want that shower to be a a barrier-free entrance where there's no curb, so at the point you would want to wheel a wheelchair into that shower, you could... Uh, you're going to be saw cutting the floor. You're going to be excavating down to this P-trap below the tub drain. You're going to be reestablishing a new location for that drain. You're going to be backfilling the hole with ABC. You're going to be termite pre-treating the uh, area prior to pouring concrete. You're going to be drilling uh, into your concrete slab to set in anchor rebar pins. You're going to be backfilling the 
floor below the finished floor grade uh, to leave room for the tile so everything finishes up flush. Um, then you've got to know how to waterproof the bottom of the pan as well as the walls of the shower. That is an aggressive do-it-yourself project. You could probably oversee it being done yourself without a general contractor if you had a concrete cutter and that concrete cutter would have to know whether or not your house is a post-tension slab or not. If it's a post-tension slab, I would say definitely never try it as a homeowner yourself. That takes even more sophistication, expensive equipment, experience, and know-how. That's a tough do-it-yourself job. And I think, too, for an example of how hard it is, I was in a wedding last week, and as you know, that's why I was absent from the show, but we were staying in the bridal suite, and the bathroom had been converted to once a tub to now a shower, but they had not corrected the rest of the structural piping. So uh, the father of the bride, who's also a plumber, walked in, and was like, this is the worst I've ever seen, because it was just a flat shower that the floor dive down with no drain at the bottom of it. So all the water just pooled at the bottom, so we had to find another place for the wedding dress. So if a five-star hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona cannot figure it out, maybe this is something to hire someone for. (laughs) It it is. It it has a lot of moving pieces, Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of experience to put in a sunken, barrier-free shower that's trouble-free for 50 years. Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much for your time. It's always helpful for me to get these answers out. Um, If you're ever interested in looking at more of DIY resources, you can go to our YouTube channel, which has a number of Rosie's three-minute DIY tips. Did you see the numbers on those this week? Those are really soaring up. I did not. I didn't. We gained like a thousand new subscribers in the last, you know, few months that we've really been paying attention to our YouTube and it's exciting. We're going to be coming out with some new videos here pretty soon. So keep in mind for that, but you have to be subscribed. So again, Rosie on the House YouTube for DIY. I was hoping you were going to ask me the question about the antique bookstore. Oh, did you want to cover that real quick? Absolutely. That was the one question I was given a tip I might be asked. The rest of these were all surprises. <laughs> all righty. Well, Mr. Matthew wrote in and he said, Rosie, I'm a longtime listener and love your show. A while back, I heard you talking about book gallery and I am in love. He actually even went in and told the owner of the bookstore that he was sent there by Rosie. The owner now would like to meet you, is very thankful that you mentioned the show. Um, but you are in a little bit of trouble. The wife not a huge fan that you given her husband a place to fuel and feed his addiction. <laughs> yeah. It's antique and historical books. Um, go go in with a copy of your deed, a second mortgage and shop to your heart's delight. It it's it's a fabulous place to shop for great some out of print historical books you can't find anywhere else. Now I am hungry. Real, I was hungry before we had that. <laughs> now I'm really hungry. Now you're making me hungry. Oh, too. man, oh, man. I mean, you're making I've, Guy Fieri lose his job hungry. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, as, uh, as, I, as I do age out, and as I now have all six college educations completely paid for, I have no other weddings to pay for, I do buy expensive steak. I, I will only buy Prime, and it does make a difference. So there's my tip. We're talking about picking contractors. And in this age right now of you homeowners that are considering remodeling, 
there's a couple things I feel like I'm I, I'm burdened to share with you right now. Um, I don't know anybody that isn't under a huge strain from their supply chain. Cabinet companies we've been doing business with for 15 and 20 years that were delivering cabinets three weeks. We could pin our whole schedule on their reliability of delivery. Those three-week deliveries at the beginning of the year changed to five-week. Two weeks later, it changed to eight-week. Three weeks later, it changed to 12-week. And now you can't get a commitment from them at all. And I don't know about other remodeling companies, but we won't start your job at Rosie Wright Remodeling until we have everything on hand. Because there's nothing to put into a recipe of remodeling that will cause more anxiety than getting to a point of your job where we have to knock on your door and say, okay, we've got you completely torn up. Uh, we've got the inspections we need, uh, but the next part we need in the chronological event of putting your house back together has uh, been delayed for seven weeks, and we're just going to go away and leave you in this mess. So if you're hearing from contractors that they've got high levels of anxiety about their supply chain, I can tell you it's the truth. Uh, it's unbelievably tough to start putting job schedules together right now. Uh, lumber that's not available, plumbing fixtures or appliances that are completely assembled and ready to be installed, but the microchip made for that unit to become operable is backordered six months. These are the kinds of challenges we're facing right now. So I can only tell you, for those of you wanting to remodel, go into it uh, with an extra dose of patience. And after remodeling for 40 years in Arizona, I can tell you this, my suppliers and subs are not guaranteeing their prices for over 10 days. So we're actually going into remodel contracts now and we're uh, alerting the homeowner, hey, this is for today's pricing. If this job takes three months and we're buying the light fixtures later and there's a price increase, you're going to share in that price increase with us. So it's kind of a ticklish time. There's a lot of backlog in work. Everybody's busy. So I can only tell you, go to our newsletter and read every sentence of doing your due diligence in hiring a reputable contractor. It's hardly become more important than ever before. Hey, what are our takeaways for today's broadcast? Well, I'm going to go off the board about an article I cannot believe got a lot of attention. Did you see that they made oxygen How about on that? Mars? How about that? <laughs> I, it, I, I was so excited, and I read this before going to bed, and I couldn't sleep for 30 minutes. But um, the rover, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of that? Oh, Perseverance rover has a device on there that took the carbon dioxide in Mars's atmosphere and figured out a way to create five grams of oxygen, which is about 10 minutes worth of oxygen, 
on Mars where there's nothing but the, the rover. You know what? That should give you if, – if you're a pessimist by nature, that should give you a new level of optimism with the ingenuity and the brilliance of mankind and the problems mm-hmm. we can solve. We, we, we don't have to be doom and gloom about everything. <laughs> so that's just one indication of how creative the human mind can be given the laws of physics that are uh, constant over the entire universe. Well, and I learned the five ingredients of soil. Who would have known? Oh, Air yeah. was yeah. one of the ingredients mm-hmm. of good garden soil. Folks, I hope all this show this Saturday helped you, lifted up your spirits and your hopes. Uh, get out there and be an encouragement to everyone you run into. Let's not drag the world down. Let's lift the world up. Make oxygen. 